You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Hey guys, welcome to session two of season six. Thank you for being here and for cheering me on in the launch of this new season as well as Michelle. I'm so grateful to you guys. I think, you know, I always want to remind you this, that it takes so much bravery to be a coachee on this podcast and to know that everyone is listening to all of your, you know, vulnerabilities and processes. So just a little reminder that if you haven't already, definitely, you know, give Michelle some love, let her know how much you appreciate her being on here. I think it is just such a gift to all of us. So just a little reminder, um, before we dive into session two, but I think y'all are really going to like this session. I think it has a really great mix of strategy and mindset. And I think it is a really beautiful example of how we can weave between the two. So I hope you really enjoy this session. Perfect. Yay. How you doing? Oh my gosh. I, it's funny. I like, I sort of feel like I've been a little all over this place this week, but overall good. Um, I was really nervous about getting on today's call and I like, don't know why, but we'll see what comes of that. Um, tomorrow is our transfer. I think sometimes it's it's weird, right? When it's like almost like the spotlight's on you in a sense when yeah. you're so used to the spotlight being on everyone else. Yeah, I think it's a cover of things. I think it's like when our transfers tomorrow, which is like yeah, which very is exciting deal. and also a big deal. And actually, I'm generally just very excited about it. I don't feel like super freaked out, um, which like – That's amazing. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that's nice that <laughs> – I'm not totally freaking out. I mean, like that could change like in an hour, right? But like <laughs> for now, I'm just enjoying that piece. Um, and also, yeah, there is that piece of like, oh, we're recording this, but like we're not just putting it in a folder Well, it will just like collect internet dust and die. I feel like this is the closest I'll ever get to being on The Bachelor, which is probably a good thing because I don't need <laughs> I don't need to be on there. But I don't know if like you watch the show at all or like if any of the listeners do, but like I've always thought, like, what would I be like if I was on the show? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'd be so boring to producers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would just never pick you for the show. Right, they would just be like, you wouldn't uh, be dramatic enough. (laughs) Yeah, you're, like, not exciting enough. One of my friends was, like, actually on the show, though. Like, I started watching it again because Mm -hmm. I was like, I know someone on here. This is so weird. So I, like, reopened that addiction habit, which is... (laughs) A problem. But apparently he just got kicked off. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's over then. (laughs) Maybe it's over for me. Yeah, totally. I think it makes sense. And also I think that, um, you know, especially because it's new is kind of the point. And so just letting yourself see, like, does that dissipate a little bit with time? Does it feel like there's something else there? But also, like, not making it mean more than that, I think, except that it's new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I already, like, get, like, anxious isn't quite the right word because it's also excitement there but like anytime I'm in a new container you know like it's just like Mm -hmm. what's it gonna feel like how are things gonna go like and then all my perfectionism tendencies show up and then I have to be like hi girls like we're no we're not doing that Um, yeah and then like you know a couple sessions in it's like you just kind of are like cool like I love hearing Erica eat 
or I don't know if it's you or Erica eating on like the podcast episodes, but hearing like the bowls playing, I'm like, thank goodness. Cause I like notoriously like eat on calls or like have coffee, which I have right here next to me. Um, yep. and so I'm just like, Oh, thank you for, I giving. totally would be happy to eat on a call. It's just that it's when we're recording cause she's in Europe, it's usually early yeah. for me and lunchtime for her. So that works out pretty well. That's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. So anyway. But yes, exactly. And that's like the point is like whatever that is. I mean, I even said that to you about the dogs last week or whatever. It's like the point is to show what really goes on. It's not mm-hmm. to be like, oh, well, we would never eat on a call or we would never have dogs barking or we would never be um, less than perfect or any of those things. And it's like the exact opposite point, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's funny because like, you know, I typically try not to do a whole ton of eating on my like client calls because I like want them to feel like I'm listening to them, but I will bring like a granola bar or a coffee and like occasionally yeah. like take steps or bites or whatever. Cause I want them to have permission, like to just show up as them. Like I had a client who I would meet with pretty early in the morning because of our like time zone difference. And she used to like do her makeup and like get ready. And yeah. she looked adorable. And I was like, and also you don't have to do this. Like if this, if this is like a lot for you, because I know you're getting up earlier to do this. And then by oh, the end, even, she like, was just do like her makeup on the call. Oh no. Like she would like get done <laughs> up it. for the call. And it was like six in the morning her time. And I was like, you know, oh. you can just like show up. And then by the end she was in her PJs and I was like, yes, yes. this is so good. Mm-hmm. Totally. And of course, yeah. your PJs were adorable. And I'm like, who are you that you wake up looking like? And that? also, <laughs> like, would be fine if you were doing I actually do have clients that have done makeup on calls. But, like, the point mm-hmm. is it's just, like, being where you're at. And that's yep. where the magic is. Yeah. Yep. For sure. For sure. Good. So I just really want to normalize what Michelle was kind of saying at the beginning about feeling a little nervous. I think that is so normal in new containers. I think especially when we feel like we're almost in the spotlight, like in a one-on-one setting or in a container where we get like higher level uh, hot seat coaching and things like that. It really can feel weird to feel like we're in the spotlight. I think for so many of us that are coaches and service providers, we're so used to putting other people in the spotlight. And when it feels like it's on us, it can be a very weird experience. Um, And just like normalizing that it takes time to settle into new containers. Like even if you have a fantastic coach or a fantastic uh, support group or whatever, it really can take time to kind of like find your like grounding in new spaces and new containers. So obviously Michelle's is heightened by the fact that it is being recorded for this podcast. So level set there. But I do think that's a really really common experience and it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the container but it's just new and it's a weird and different experience and so just wanted to normalize that Um, if y'all are having that experience in one of your containers or even as the coach remembering that it's normal for clients to have that is really really important too beautiful okay so how are you feeling you're feeling good about tomorrow is there anything yeah that feels like it's coming up for you there not really. Like I, I'm feeling good about it. I'm excited because Ori gets the day off of work. And so Aww. like, that'll be really good. I'm still going to try to show up to the P-School call, but we'll see how my Valium is <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at that time. At least like I don't have to talk like, so I can just like off. listen and yeah. watch, right? Like <laughs> napping in bed. Um, but yeah, no, I just like feel good about having the relaxing day. And we usually like go to Chick-fil-A after our transfers. It's like our thing, mostly because the Chick-fil-A used to be across the street from our clinic. Now it's like a little ways down because they moved, but still like a fun little just like tradition there and just getting to spend the day hanging out and relaxing. And I like don't have any calls or anything that I like have to be on. So yeah, it'll just be really nice. 
Oh, I love that. And I love that it's like outside of that, it's just a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this important, amazing thing is happening. And I just like know I'm going to have a beautiful day. Yeah, for sure. And this time, like Mila's going to go to school. Last time she actually came to our transfer with us, I which was like really sweet. Yeah. Um, but obviously then we also had a kid that we had to watch and take care of. And so this time yeah, it'll yeah. just be nice to like just be adults, have her be in school and mm-hmm. then get to just like do whatever we kind of like feel up to. So so good. Beautiful. Well, I'm excited for you and obviously keep me posted. Yeah, will do. Thank you. Amazing. Okay. So give me a little update uh, business-wise. Like obviously like have signed some clients, some things are coming together, all the things, but just give me a little rundown. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was really, <laughs> I feel like this is going to be the, th- well, no, we're going to start meeting on Monday soon, but the like podcast episode that you did today about like the yeses, like being yeses mm-hmm. versus the nos, like I was like, oh, Lacey made this for me <laughs> because like, I think it is really hard to like celebrate when you just get like a verbal yes. Cause you're like, well, what if they change their mind? And I mean, like I've had that happen and I didn't die. So celebrating me for that. Right. Um, yeah, exactly. And I also think too, like, I try to give myself a lot of grace there because I think I do have some like PTSD from just like the infertility stuff and like celebrating feels like extra hard sometimes because Mm -hmm. it's led to like really serious heartbreak and disappointment. And so there's just like a little edge there a little bit. And so I'm like, okay, it's okay if like celebration doesn't look like, you know, going all out crazy, but just like honoring the moment and like not trying to like come up with all the reasons why this isn't actually going to work out, but like believing that it could work out anyways, which is like what I'm doing with my transfer, which is what I'm working on doing with these clients um, but I am really excited that like in just like a couple of days, like multiple people came out and were like, yeah, I'm in, um, or like, I want to do a session and I feel like there's going to be more. So it's like, it's exciting. Yeah. What you had someone say they were going to put down a deposit. You had someone mm-hmm. pay for a one-off session and uh-huh. then someone else was a yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Like in just. Like you just started like getting the influx of calls and then in a less than a week to see like that transpire is crazy, right? So really amazing to see Michelle get three clients in one week and you know get those yeses and seeing that that can be easy. I think that, you know, sometimes when it feels like we've been working a strategy for a while, like we were talking about earlier, you know, she really committed to the calls for 90 days. It can almost feel like, oh, this is hard. Like this isn't, <laughs> this take like this takes a lot of time or this is really difficult or whatever. And so then to like see a bunch of calls get booked or three clients say yes in one week, it can feel odd or almost like you don't quite believe it yet. But I think that this is a perfect illustration of like, this is what momentum and sticking to a strategy can really look like where it just seems like it's not working until it is. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm like, getting full really quickly, things are happening really fast. And so this is really, really, really an example of that that I just want to address and point out because again, it's like sometimes we think something has to be different and what usually happens is that we just have to be doing the same thing for long enough. And that's really what's happening here with Michelle, both in terms of booking the calls and now in terms of booking a lot of clients at once and seeing them convert. So really cool and beautiful to see that it truly can be easy and it doesn't have to look like doing something else or doing more to make that happen. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm excited because like, 
The first time I got my first client, I basically ended up getting three of my first paying clients within like a weekend of each other. Mm, and so like, okay. I keep reminding myself like, I'm an energetic match for at least three clients in like a short period yep. of time. And so like playing with the idea of like, can I expand to four? Can I expand to five? And then trust that I can like schedule them out because they don't all have to start at the same time either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a part of me that's like a little like nervous too of like, what if it doesn't happen? And like, what do we do with that? Or like, what kind of follow-up should I be doing here? And that might be a good conversation for us too to have on like how the follow-up can look there. When you say, what if it doesn't happen? Do you just mean, what if any of these three like decide no? Or what do you mean there? Well, the one-off session is already happening. She paid yeah, yeah. we're meeting She's today. Paid. So <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's a done deal. Um, and it's also just beautiful evidence for me of like, this can happen very quickly and, and clients yeah. can like pay and sign up and do all the things. So, um, and I also know that that can happen with like my full joyful journey package too. Cause like my last client I signed like she had a call with me the next day. She was like, I want in. And the next day she had paid. And I was like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. cool. Like, we're really doing this. And she was awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. It was like what when you say, like, what if it doesn't happen? It was just oh, like, what oh, does that oh. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, what if they change their minds or like, you know, a lot of my clients go and talk to their partners after mm-hmm. like we get on the like off the the phone and like I think it's great to go to your partner and get support but I also know that that conversation can be really hard and yeah I'm I'm the human that every time I talk to worry about like making a big investment he's like well I'm gonna give you my opinion but you're gonna go do whatever you want anyways and I know that that's not true for everyone and like I do it sure. in like a respectful way to him still even though he's like yeah yeah, yeah. I roll this as a trap <laughs> But that's like the agreement you guys almost have. Yeah, set up, like he just like, like knows that like to go I'm that. gonna yeah. trust myself here and like do what is ultimately yeah. best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I know it's not the case for everyone, right? And like, and so, and for me, I think the biggest piece there is like I just want the decision to be an empowered one, regardless of what happens. Because um, it's like the most heartbreaking thing is when someone comes back and they're like, "Oh, I can't do it," and it's like I know they still want to do it, but they're like you know, their partner was like, we don't have the money for it or whatever. And it's not to say Mm -hmm. like, you know, like go sacrifice all the things. But like, I also know like money can come in so many different ways and you just like never know how that could happen for you. But you do have to like stay open to it as a possibility, you know? Um, And so, yeah. But anyways. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but this is something I'm a big fan of with like partner dynamics Mm -hmm. there. And then we can kind of talk about the mindset stuff too Mm -hmm. behind it. But um, is to almost like make something that's for their partner. Yeah. You mentioned this back in March when we when we met. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 So maybe this is the yeah. time to like delve into that as a to-do, right? Of like, what does that look yes. like? And I don't know if you have any like thoughts because on that. Because I think that what what I think happens is like obviously like we just process it super differently. And so it's very likely that, you know, she's going to her partner and saying like, I just really connected with Michelle. It feels really supportive, things like that. And to him, that's like not at all calculating to like, what, what does that even mean? Like, why would we pay for that, that kind of thing? And so like even being able to like share a little bit more from like a practicality standpoint Mm -hmm. of like, you know, like it helps them. like my clients have been helped in these ways or like statistically speaking, like having, I don't know if there's any stats on that, but like having X amount of support, like really mm-hmm. makes a difference in like mental health experience throughout the process or 
something that you can kind of reference that helps them see in a different way of like, oh, I can see why we would figure that out versus Mm -hmm. it being like, it feels like she's maybe just like thinks this woman's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. It's probably very hard for them to articulate to their partner too, because they're like, that should like, how does that not connect or click? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's really funny that you mentioned that because I like got inspired this morning. I have been like on a like real content making, (laughs) not real as in R-E-A-L, but R-E-E-L. Like this morning, I just like Mm -hmm. got really inspired, inspired and make like made like four reels. (laughs) It's like, okay, here we go. Oh, amazing. Um, But one of the other things I got inspired to do was to start kind of like writing out, at least from the like woman's side of things, like what are kind of the steps to like approach this conversation with your partner if you're nervous about it or whatever. And like, it was basically like step one was like deciding that this is actually what you want, right? This isn't the time to go to your partner and be like, I might want this thing because they're they're not going to be able to help you in that because they're just as in it as you are. and then, like, step two was, like, asking support versus permission. So, like, can I do this thing versus how can we figure this out in a way that feels good for both of us? Um, and then, like, honestly, just giving them time, right? Because you, like, went through this decision-making process to decide that you trusted me enough to, like, pour your heart out to me and, like, connected with me. Mm-hmm. And you, like, followed me on the internet for a while. I'm like, I'm a brand new human to this person. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. They're like, who is this? I don't know. Yeah. You know. Uh, and so, like, being able to, like, equip them with that, which might be helpful if you, like, look at that at some point. I, like, want to look at it one more time before I send it to you. Mm-hmm. But I put that together and then we can chat about, like, what the resource for the partner, which, like, I would say 75% of the time is a man and 25% of the time is a woman. So, like, keeping that in mind, too, of, like, the dynamics there as well. Um, yeah, totally. I think it's more just almost, like, that the partner, man or woman, doesn't need to connect with you is kind of the yes. point. They need to understand like why this is the valuable. like value behind it, you know. So I think almost like a Cliff's Notes version, like even your sales page wouldn't connect with the partner, right? Right. And one of the prompts- it would connect with the person that wanted the support. So like, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. And one of the prompts that I sort of wrote out for this like blog post that I was working on was um, like basically like what's the value in this like for you? Like, why is it important to you that you do this? Um, How will it help you? How will it help your relationship? And how will it help your partner? And so like Mm -hmm. helping them articulate that because I think that's a really big deal. Like if I told Ori like, hey, I'm not going to come crying to you every day. I have a space to do that and I still love your support and everything. He'd be like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. (laughs) <laughs> Even though he loves me, he's just like, I can't handle all the feelings. Of yeah. Death. Well, he's like having his own processing yeah. of it too. Right? And this is like with anything. <laughs> so yep. He's like, why do you have so many feelings right now? I'm like, I just do. Um, and so even just like that in and of itself can make a huge difference. So I like that. Yeah. So almost thinking about it like a one pager kind of mm-hmm. thing that might just have a lot more of like the Cliff's notes, like the bullet points of like what they get, why it's valuable. Again, mm-hmm. if there's like statistics on like support during IVF or mental health outcomes or something like that, that might be like really helpful to add in there. But I think that would be really interesting. And then I think you could attach a video for the partner as well, Mm. you know, where you're like, hi, like, I totally get that this probably seems weird. And I get that like, you don't even know me and like, you might just feel like this, but like, here's what I want you to know about this program. And like, it's almost just like you giving them a different connection point Mm -hmm. to understand it. You know, yeah, that's true. Um, I also wonder too if I could like go to some of my past clients and ask them if their partners would be willing to say like, "Hey, how did this help?" 
um, mm-hmm. and get their perspective there too because I think that would be like a nice testimonial from the other side of things. Um, and the other thing I'm realizing too is like I don't 100% know like where the disconnect is here. So this is just a good prompt for me like in follow-ups with folks. If someone does say yes on the call and comes back and changes their mind to really get curious there and sort of ask like, hey, like what happened here? How did that like conversation go? Tell me more Mm -hmm. about like what your partner's concern was, right? Like because I don't think that I've ever had that conversation with anyone. And so that might also be helpful to have before I – start making I mean I could start the resource but like it's going to be even more impactful if I like know what the objections are on the partner side basically mm-hmm. so I'm like oh this is just another place where <laughs> I can do and listen, go, go I a little like deeper what you'll, what you'll probably hear more often than not is money yeah that's what I'm thinking too but I think it's helpful to think about well usually when our concern is money like obviously sometimes it's it's just that, but it's usually about the the value mm-hmm. behind it. So that's why, like, even just a starting point document that really articulates that in a way that, like, would resonate with somebody that wasn't in the experience yep. of it. Yep. You know, I think is really helpful. Cool. Okay. That's something that I can, like, start on and then we'll see kind of what comes up there. If I'm like, I don't even know what these points are. And maybe Ori can help me a little of, like, yeah. If I came to you and I – well, I have come to him many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to invest in things. <laughs> what went through his head kind of thing. Absolutely. And I think especially with something like this because it's so not tangible even though it is tangible, right? It's like the, the you know, partner might just not understand the intensity of it and the depth mm-hmm. of like that support. And so just like helping to communicate that mm-hmm. I think is really useful where like it's probably so much easier for you to communicate that on behalf of a client than it would even be for you to communicate that to Ori. You know what I yep. mean? Like it's just so har- much harder to do it for yourself. Okay. So I'm just such a fan of a partner document. That's kind of what I just call it. If you get a lot of objections in your business around like, well, my partner doesn't get it or they don't think it's the right thing to invest in at this time or whatever, that can be really useful. And it's not like in this way of being intrusive or, you know, feeling like someone has to say yes, but it's just in the way of understanding that like a partner typically doesn't have the vantage point that the person buying from you does. They haven't been following you on social media and building a relationship with you. They haven't been in their partner's life or business or experience or like that, you know, with Michelle, like they're not going through IVF in the same capacity, right? As the person going through it. And so really having something that just helps them understand can be super valuable. And what I always like think is really important in the sales process for it to feel really good and not icky is like, we are not having this so we can like manipulate the partner into saying yes, no matter what, like fuck no, ew, right? But we are realizing that there is a barrier there that we can help with. And so if the partner just has a ton more understanding and the answer is still no, that's totally okay. But how beautiful that we were able to help with that and give them that and maybe they come around later, right? Or the partner has a new understanding and that makes them make a totally different judgment call or decision. And then everyone is, you know, winning from that too. Like there's no perfect outcome that has to happen from this. But if you see an opportunity like that in your sales process, it's so crazy not to take it. So crazy not to, um, you know, make the effort to make that document and run with it. I have a client who uses one of these extensively in her business because, um, based on what she does that 
that's the number one objection she hears. And her sales changed dramatically when she implemented something like this. And like, you know, it probably took her like an hour to create, right? So just um, seeing that sometimes these little things, if we stop and pay attention to them and realize it's really a service to our client and to um, their partners, and not something that like we're trying to make sure we get the sale no matter what is so important and can make such a difference. So if that is something you deal with in your business, I highly recommend thinking about making one of these as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, and like, you know, I never wanted Ori to say like, no, or like, I don't think this is a good idea because that like leads to disappointment and we like avoid mm -hmm. disappointment and rejection at all costs. And when you're in infertility, mm -hmm. you're like especially doing that. So I like totally yep. get it. Yep, exactly. So I think that's just like a good starting point because I feel like, again, it makes sense on both sides. And like, it's not like you're forcing this on them, but it's like if they come to you and are like, like nervous about this conversation or my uh -huh. partner's like really struggling with understanding it. Like you just have a quick way to support them, mm -hmm. which is like, that's so normal. Like here's a video and, um, here's some resources. One pager. Basically. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. That sounds good. 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 Okay. So in terms of the mindset of it, what I think is really helpful here is to, it's not about celebrating that one person, although absolutely like yay for them. It's more about you celebrating the momentum of what's happening. Oh, I like that. That feels like very doable. Right. So it's celebrating the fact that like even three people have like said, yes, you're in conversation with more people. You like are in the work more, let's mm -hmm. say, right? Like you're having a call today, that kind of stuff. So it's like, let's just make up a name, but like, say one of them is Susie. It's like, yes, we're excited for Susie. And personally, we're so happy for Susie, but you're not celebrating Susie. <laughs> yes. Okay. That makes a lot of that's sense. That's where it gets weird, right? Mm. Yeah. Cause then we start getting it's, attached to like the human as opposed to like the big picture. I think it's so similar to how I've heard you talk about, um, how you look at like IVF now and transfers and stuff too, where you're not like, it has to be this transfer mm. no matter what. Mm. Yeah. But I also know that it's coming. Yeah. Like this is moving me closer and closer and closer to meeting yeah. our baby in whatever form that may look like. Or, you know, to yeah. choosing a different life path ultimately, right? Like all of it's okay. But like coming from a place of like not freak out, but just like groundedness. But yeah, I really exactly. like the idea of just like celebrating the momentum because I have seen so much momentum lately. And it is really cool mm -hmm. to see clients saying yes to like – I had raised my rates, I think, this summer. And so it's, like, exciting to see clients, like, saying yes to my new rates. And then as they pay for them, that's, like, more evidence that, like, people see the value in this and, like, just, yeah, all of it. And all of that's exciting and feels really good. My clients are also really cute exactly. and that, like, when they are, like, I can't do this, they're literally, like, it's not you. I think what you're doing is a me. <laughs> just, like, y'all yeah. mm -hmm. are the most precious humans yeah. ever. <laughs> Totally. So, you know, it's not the worst experience ever if someone says no, but it also makes sense that you're in a, in a life season that has come with a lot of disappointment. So your brain is not always trying to set you up for that, which again, it makes a ton of sense. So it's just like picking that thing to celebrate that almost doesn't can't lead to disappointment. Mm -hmm. Like the momentum is here. That yeah. is true. That is like hashtag fact, right? So something Michelle and I are talking about here that's really important is celebrating the momentum and not just one specific client. So 
I think that sometimes when we feel like we have to celebrate that one client, it just kicks up all of our stuff, <laughs> right? All of our fears and insecurities and all of that. And that's really not the point of celebrating, right? The point of the celebration is to be in that it's already happened, it's already done, it's already coming space of attraction and vibration. And so if that doesn't feel good to you, it's it's not better to celebrate that one specific client. It's, it's not the point, right? Again, the point is being in the energy, being in the vibration. And so sometimes it's just as good to celebrate the momentum, like the momentum of getting calls, of getting yeses, of seeing traction really show up, like being in the energy of like, I am someone who is in celebration of this momentum. I am someone who creates this momentum. I am someone who will continue ha to have this momentum is just as valuable, if not more, if it helps you put down your resistance, right? So don't think that it's like, I don't know, an avoidance tactic or something if you just can't fully get behind that one specific client, that's more than okay. What can you do to celebrate? What can you do to get in that place where it feels good and you feel like you can really, yeah, just put down the resistance and be in that energy. And I think that's all we're trying to create here with Michelle. When she celebrates the momentum, it helps her put down the resistance and really be in that energy. And ultimately from that place just brings more and more. So really just wanted to share that because I think it's a great hack if you're going through a similar thing where it just feels like I know I should celebrate, but for some reason I can't lock in here. Find the other way around it that you can, whether it's the momentum or the celebrating, even like what you've accomplished or the things that you like the process that you've been able to see play out and like see if that gives you a different feeling and ultimately brings that energy in because that's what we care about most here. Yes. Yeah, that is so true. It's really funny. So when we were in Florida last weekend, two weekends ago, I don't even know when that was. My yeah, sister-in-law was like asking <laughs> me like, hey, like, do you think that, um, you know, like when you're like done with your fertility treatments that you're going to like move away from like, you know, doing work with people in their infertility journeys. Mm. And I was like, no, like, I mean, maybe eventually, but like, no, like it's going to be so much easier to support women yeah. when I'm not going through it myself because then I don't have to constantly be worrying about like taking care of myself and doing the healing work around my trauma and all of that. And I can just focus on the business side. And so it was just like really funny of like, oh, like you must be doing this just because you're in your infertility journey. And I was like, I have a yeah. crazy human for choosing to do this while I'm in my right own infertility now, yes. journey. Mm -hmm. um, but also it just is like, you know, more evidence for me of like all the things that I can hold. And then when I remove some of those like things that are causing a lot of stress or strain in my life, then it's like, oh, it just gets to feel lighter and easier. And that's exciting too. For sure. And also it, it gives you permission to recognize that right now where you're like, my capacity for disappointment might just be lower right now. And so I have to work with that instead of against it, you know, mm -hmm. because it would be so easy to be like, just handle it. And like, I am a big fan of like, yes, we need to learn to manage disappointment in our businesses. But I think there is this line where you're like, I am managing this like incredible amount of it <laughs> or have been managing this incredible amount of it over here. And so like, yes, there's just finite capacity there. And so we don't need it to um, just keep stacking basically. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that this just like gives permission to anyone who's like dealing with a big thing in their like life yeah. mm -hmm. right now while growing their business too. And it's also funny, like how grief is like such an interesting teacher as well. Cause like, I know folks talk about like the emotional roller coaster of like business and all of that. And like, 
just like having dealt with that in my infertility journey, it just feels like really just like minutia. And that's not to like invalidate someone's journey or experience, right? But it like compared to the the grief that I have felt here, this does not feel like when I lose a client, it's like disappointing. Yeah. But like when I've lost pregnancies, that's just felt so much heavier. And so just like even having that to sort of tamper the experiences and be like, oh, I can handle like losing a client because that like feels like really small for eyes compared to like the kind of bigger vision and dream that I have for Mm -hmm. my family. So yeah. And also I think it gives you permission to like, if it ever did feel really heavy to lose a client, it would likely be because it was stacking on top of something else, not because that one thing was actually that heavy. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, just like this disappointment thing right now where it's like, it really doesn't matter if all three of these are for sure a yes, or if two of them are, or if whatever, but in the uncertainty you're in with having a transfer tomorrow, being in this uncertainty of are they going to pay or that mm-hmm. it, sometimes it can be a lot. Yeah, for sure. Well, and at the end of the day, like it really comes down to like what I'm making it mean, right? Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. been true. And like not to say that the grief, like the grief is real regardless, right? I'm disappointed. Like <laughs> it's terrible. Um, mm-hmm. And also I find that like it gets harder the more I make it mean like this will never work or like, you know, I can't do this again. Like I've screwed this up somehow. Like all that just takes you down a really bad rabbit hole. And so just like being able to learn that lesson in so many different spaces of my life just means I get to be quicker and faster at like moving through it whenever it happens. So this conversation is really, really important around finite capacity. So for example, we were talking about how because of Michelle's IVF journey, she's really feeling like she has a finite amount of capacity right now, which of course she does for disappointment and uncertainty, because that is, I mean, like so present in so much of the journey that she's had so far, so much uncertainty about the outcome and how things will play out and how the process will look and what will happen when, and then so much disappointment in that as well. And so like, I am absolutely a big believer in like, yes, we have to not run our business from a place of avoiding disappointment or uncertainty, but also we do have to realize if there are other things happening in our life (laughs) that are creating so much of that, that it's a little harder to make space for that in our business, right? And so I think it's just important to share and normalize that where this is why I believe in one-on-one. This is why I so believe in personalized coaching because it depends right? Some clients, I might really, really push them on like, listen, the work we have to do here is get you really comfortable with disappointment and uncertainty. Like, and then with other clients, I might feel totally different and be like, Hey, the work we have to do here is to kind of balance this out because you're dealing with a tremendous amount in this area. And so in this area, we might not push you on it super hard. And so it's just important to see like the circumstances that we're having outside of our business always impact what's happening inside of our business and having someone that can take all of that to account into account and have you look at it from a holistic perspective is really, really important because there is no one right or perfect way to handle all of this. There is the way that is right or perfect for you. So acknowledging Michelle's finite capacity here is really, really, really important in this specific situation. And so maybe that's true for you, or maybe you need to push the edge of getting really, really okay with disappointment and uncertainty in your business. But I hope this just reminds you that yes, it's about recognizing and normalizing that. And it's about being able to do that for you and not feeling like there's one right way for everyone. Bingo. So good. Okay. So tell me about the follow-up piece. Cause you were saying that that feels like a, uh, 
like a piece you need a little more support with. Yeah, like um, in terms of following up. So I typically, just to give you a sense of like my follow-up process. So I typically have the calls and then usually within a couple hours, I'll send them a follow-up email that outlines like here's the, you know, the exercises that we talked about for you, the things that we chatted about in terms of working together because I don't think I've ever had a client say or like a, a person on the call say like, I don't want to learn more. Because, like, why would you want to learn more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> here are things I'd love to support you on in the ne- over the next three months together. And I try to tie those to, like, so that's – so that, like, mm-hmm. they have context for, like, this is why this is helpful to you. Um, and then I send them the link with, like, the joyful journey details just in case, you know, their brain was like, ooh. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what just happened, but I think I liked it. Um And then um, I basically let them know too, like, hey, it's really normal for like fears or whatever to come up as we're thinking about making big decisions or changes in our life. And so if anything comes up, they're like happy to support you through that. Just like reply and let me know. Um, And then like what I have been doing is kind of like usually a week later, I'll just like follow up and check in with like a quick email to see like how things have been since we last chatted or like if I knew they were talking to their partner, how the conversation was so-and-so go is there anything else that I should be doing there or is it helpful to follow up sooner or? The one thing that comes up for me is almost to have more context around that from the call. Mm -hmm. So on the call, I usually like to ask somebody like, oh, so what's like your decision-making process like usually? Mm. And so, you know, some people will be like, oh, I make really quick decisions. Like I'll probably let you know in the next couple of days. Awesome. Okay, cool. So if I don't hear from you by Monday, I'll follow up with you Tuesday or whatever. Yep. Or some people might be like, oh, I like really need to sit with things for a while. So I'm probably going to think about this for at least a week. Or you're like, okay, that totally makes sense. So would it feel good if I followed up with you next Tuesday or something? Like, okay. And that way, like, it just gives you a little bit more parameter and it helps you understand where, again, like, sometimes that uncertainty is the killer where you're like, have you already decided? Have you not? Should I follow up now? Should I follow up later? And so if you can almost understand where they're at, or probably what you'll hear is, well, I'm going to talk to my partner tomorrow night or something. And you're like, amazing. So then I'll follow up with you, whatever, Tuesday morning. Like it's just kind of having that point with them that I think makes it easier. And then it helps you be more direct in your follow-up. Hey, I know you wanted a week to think about it. So Mm -hmm. following up today, where are you at? Hey, I know you were talking with your husband last night. Wanted to see where you're at. That way you almost – because sometimes I feel like with follow-up, we feel like we have to like beat around the bush almost. Yes. Where it's like – Oh, my gosh. Yes. So like tell me about this other thing that we talked about instead of like actually just like where you at, you know? Right. Yeah. No, that's so real. And I definitely have done that where I'm just kind of like, how are things going? And I'm like, I don't want to pressure you to like make a decision if you're not ready. But I could also just ask you, hey, have you made a decision or you do need more time? It's that right. simple. Mm-hmm. Our brains are so cute. <laughs> yep. So okay. funny, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that like feels good in terms of like asking them like, hey, like what's your – yeah, like what's your decision-making process like or, you know, yep. mm-hmm. how how do you like to – because – and basically being able to tell them because I'd love to like follow up and check in with you and like see how things are going, but I want to give you time if that's what you need because I'm a, like a slow burn decision-maker. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I like don't ever want anyone to feel pressured. And I think a lot of times I personally have felt rushed to make decisions because everything is about urgency and whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. listen, I need some time to ride my emotional wave. And I know you know, like, yes, I just absolutely. need some time. And my husband makes decisions really fast. And he's like, why can't you make decisions? And I'm like, I can. I just need time. 
Mm-hmm. So, and it's really nice when you know that because it feels like it makes sense. Then when you're waiting a mm-hmm. week, you're like, oh, that's totally like how she rolls. Like that, you know, and it feels good. It doesn't feel like, oh gosh, it's been a week, and then your brain can start making up stories. So I think yep. that's a really helpful part for you personally too, where like there's no story involved now. It's just like, oh yeah, Michelle usually takes five days to make a decision, so it's totally fine, right? So something that I say a lot and just really, really believe is that your business success is not going to be based on how well you know marketing. It's really not. It's going to be based on how well you know and understand other humans. And in many ways, that is the foundation of marketing. But I think we get so caught up in like there being this like right thing to say or right way to say it or right way to market or right way to sell. And ultimately, it's really about do I fundamentally understand the person and my audience? And so that's why my recommendation to ask the question on a sales call of, you know, what's your decision-making process is so important because what you're doing is understanding the human because the way that you would then sell and market to that person would be entirely different based on what is true there. And so if you don't take the time to understand the human, you could use the perfect like sales follow-up sequence techniques, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But if that person just simply is never going to be a fast decision maker and the process you're using is that they have to make a decision within 48 hours or they're going to miss this bonus or whatever, you're missing the boat, right? And so, um, here, I just really, really, really recommend that. And I also think not only does it help in fully understanding the humans and so being able to adapt your sales process, it also really helps you and your own mindset because you get it. If someone says, hey, I took a really long time making decisions, you're not freaking out two days after the call thinking they're a no, right? Or if someone tells you like, hey, yeah, I really want to make a quick decision, you're not missing that opportunity to really stay on top of that and you feel really settled either way. So I think it's just a beautiful thing, both in terms of like how it impacts the sale itself and then how it impacts your experience of that. And so asking that question on a call, I just could not recommend enough. Just, you know, understanding the person that you're talking to better is always, always going to be a win for you. Yep. And that's, this is actually really helpful too, because I know like one of the clients specifically, like even though I didn't ask her like on the call, you know, what's her decision-making process normally like, um, she did say like, I like time to like process and think about things. And she's the one that I sent like two different kind of options to. um, And I think I just sent that back to her like Monday. And so she probably will want a little bit more time to like think about that. And if I haven't heard from her in like a week, then I'll check in with her and that like feels good there. Um, exactly. But then I also know a couple of clients that were like going to talk to their partners like soon thereafter or within a couple of days. And so those are folks that I can go ahead and just be like, hey, how'd it go? Yep. A hundred percent. And like that directness too of like, hey, I know you were talking to your partner in a couple okay. of days, want to see where you're at and how to go. Like right yep. where again, like the tendency is almost to be like, how are you feeling about XXX thing? And you can always throw that in there yeah. later, but like lead with like, I like the, I like the permission to just be direct. Yeah. I just, yeah. There's always that worried about like, you know, not wanting to like make folks feel pressured. And I try to make it really clear to them on the call. Like this is about helping you make the, like decide whether this is the right next step for you and whether like that's Mm -hmm. a yes or no, like that's not what's important. It's about it being empowered. Um, especially since like infertility in particular is so disempowering that I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just want you to claim your power. Just like start doing that with this one. Like let this decision be like that starting point for that. Well, and I think it's a, it's good for you to almost think about you're holding them in their power by asking directly. Yeah. 
I like that. That's almost that, right? Because then it's in their power to say yes or no. And like nobody's saying they can't say either. Mm-hmm. But it's like you're almost holding them as powerful. Like you can powerfully claim yes, I'm in or no, I'm not. And either way, it's all good. But we're not going to do that thing where like you never have to because then you're disempowered. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too that this like all stems back to this notion of like, you know, staying small to like keep people comfortable. Like if I don't ask the question directly, then they can't be uncomfortable. But it's funny because like mm-hmm. I know that people are already uncomfortable because if you're like, hey, just like checking in, they're like, <laughs> oh shit, I haven't responded to her. Like yeah, I'm supposed uh-huh. to, you know, like, <laughs> like is she still thinking about it? Is she still the thinking about it? The subtext is there. Exactly. <laughs> right. And so, yeah, it's just, yeah, being direct sounds like a great a great thing to do. And then sometimes it can yeah. just be like, hey, no, I'm really just thinking about you. How are things going? Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. And it doesn't even mean you can't just put that in there too, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, how that conversation with your husband go? Also thinking about XXX that we talked about and wanted to see how that went. Like, yeah, so yeah. both it can, can be like multiple. live together. It can be multiple mm-hmm. things. But like letting yeah. whatever is like salient there just like be the conversation and not overcomplicating it. Look at that. Bingo. Mm-hmm. We'll take it. Uh, okay, good. So yeah. does that feel good in terms of follow-up as a starting point? Yeah, mm-hmm. that feels good. And it also like feels good in kind of like tampering the uncertainty between like when do I when do I follow up? Because I don't want to be yes. overbearing, but and I want to honor whatever their decision making process is. But you're right. Like if they're like, no, I'm just gonna make this decision fast, then like, cool, like let's not wait. Let's like rock and roll. So yeah. Then I'm not going to wait for a week to ask you. I'm going to ask you Tuesday because you said Tuesday or whatever. Yeah, for sure. And again, empowering for them because they're kind of the one giving you the date as opposed to you being like, cool, so I'm going to follow up with you next Tuesday. Like, who said any – like, who said that? Like, have them be the one to be like, I'm going to talk to my partner tomorrow. And then you be like, okay, I'll follow up with you the next day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure that like is helpful for them too because I know something that my clients personally struggle with is the uncertainty of infertility and all the Mm -hmm. timelines and like they like to know things. And so even if they know like, oh, this is what to expect, like when a human's going to check in with me, like that's helpful and good. I love that. So good. Okay, cool. Um, The other thing that you had said in your questionnaire too was um, like holiday time off and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, I started – I've been, like, kind of thinking about – well, so I know that I want to take some of the, like, week of Thanksgiving off maybe. I have to look into that. Probably take some time off, but I'll probably see when Mila's, like, daycare is open versus closed. Because usually when Ori's working, I'm like, I like those couple of days to just, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) relax. Um, But I definitely know that I want to take at least a week and a half, if not two weeks, like, between that Christmas and New Year's time. Um. And I'm fine, like, so doing client support via Voxer during that time because um, that doesn't take a lot of time and is simple. And that way they have that support over the holidays. But, like, I don't want to do right. client mm-hmm. calls and just kind of starting to think about, like, pre-scheduling out content. I sent my mm-hmm. VA a message to check in with her um, to just be like, hey, what are you thinking about in terms of taking time off? Like, so we can get – so we, she usually schedules my love notes for me, which has been so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um all I have to do is record them. And then she like creates a little clip and like sets them up. And she always picks such good clips. And I'm like, you're so good at this. And the cutest part was she like told me she was like, she's not going through fertility treatments of any sort, like not even there in her life. But um, she was like, I've been listening to these love notes and they've been really helpful with like my move and other stuff that's been going on in my life. And I was like, oh, yay, this is so exciting. That's amazing. I love that. It was just so good. I'm like, well, I like truly believe that the work that I'm doing is like more universal than infertility. But I always tell my clients, I'm like, 
this is just the carrot that like brings you here. But really, this is about like sending out more empowered, like authentically expressed humans full of joy into the world. So it's fine. Absolutely. Um, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Like if infertility, I mean, like the reality is, is like most of us aren't motivated to change until we hit like some sort of really low point in our lives. And of course, hello, infertility. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. And I'll be here to catch you and hold you through all of it. Um, so yeah, so just like kind of figuring out those pieces. Is there any and well, is there anything with that piece that you're like here a couple of things to like think about or like with time off or anything like that? I mean, I think like the only thing that I would say is like yes, definitely asking your team in advance, but also like being okay with the fact that like you know, maybe over the Christmas holidays like the love notes don't go out like they normally mm-hmm. do or maybe like you don't send a couple emails that week or whatever and just like creating some flexibility there like I think like Obviously, consistency is so important, but like not almost like sometimes I think we can get really rigid and almost forget we're allowed to just not do something sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So that might be something to think about too, where it's like, do I even want to have to be worried about what love notes are getting scheduled then? Or do I want to take a little bit of time off social or whatever Mm -hmm. and just knowing what your boundaries are there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I know that like, at this point, I feel pretty good about like easily like scheduling stuff out. I'm starting to like repurpose content. So I have a lot of things that are like automated sort of and how I schedule them, which has made life really good. But even thinking about things like maybe we post two love notes the week before Thanksgiving and then we just schedule the like thing that shows up as a reminder for it. And so it's like yeah. everything mm-hmm. gets to be automated, which is like totally doable. I'm also very ahead on like recording my love notes, which I'm very proud of myself for. Um, very good. So like – if I just do a couple more, I basically am done with them for the year at this point. And I've like started thinking about like, you know, what, like I did like a little like, um, like, you know, practicing gratitude without like bypassing the hard feelings one for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which I'm super excited about because a lot of my clients will come to me and they're like, they're like, well, I feel, you know, angry, frustrated, disappointment, whatever it is. And then they're like, but I should be grateful because, like, I can afford to do fertility treatments. And I'm like, mm. it can be both. <laughs> it can be both. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. we all know you're grateful. That's fine. Let's not, like, you know, it's okay for you to to feel this other way too. Um, and so, yeah, I'm so I'm excited about that. But that's helpful to just, like, be like, it can look different if you want it to yeah. or need it to. Um, exactly. And depending on when you're off and depending on when your VA is off, like I think it's just so easy to get too rigid. And we know you have those like little perfectionist tendencies yes. and all of that kind of stuff. I gotta keep so her quiet sometimes. Feeling, <laughs> yeah. It's just not feeling like it's supposed to look any certain way with that. But it's just like between when she's off and when I'm off, what makes the most sense? And I think deciding that now, because obviously like, you know, Thanksgiving's a few weeks away. Mm-hmm. I think I heard on the news this morning, Christmas is like 55 days away or something. Whoa. Isn't that what? bananas? What? Well, Mila will be excited because she keeps asking me, when are we going to go visit May May? And I'm like, we still have like two months. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we should probably go buy some plane tickets. Yeah. <laughs> so that we can go to May May's That's house. helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think just plan it now and so then your brain can get on board because I feel like when it feels intentional, we can be like, oh, I intentionally decided to record or I mean to post two love notes early or yeah. to not post them over Christmas. And when it gets close to that, it almost feels like we're reactive and that's when we're making ourselves wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And I think once I have a sense of like when my VA is off and what she's comfortable with, because like the one thing I don't like about the love notes and how they're currently formatted is that someone has to like physically go and like 
post them in order for them yeah. to show up. There's no like schedule feature, which like, I really wish they're like Squarespace, come on. Um, yeah. That would be really nice. But so she usually does that on like Tuesday nights. Um, but, you know, even if she's like, hey, I can post it on Sunday night. Great. <laughs> like, But you're right. Exactly. Just having that again. Certainty is the other topic of conversation here, right? Having the certainty of like, this is the game plan. And she she is the freaking best. Like, she's just so organized. She's one of my former students. And we've been working together for two years now in this business and another business that I had. And I'm just like, you're never going away. I don't know if you know this, yeah. <laughs> but you're never going away. I'll find you. <laughs> I'll find you. Yeah. So. yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Okay. I think that's perfect. So yeah, I would just talk to her now. And I think you're so right. It is about the the certainty piece <clears throat> for you because that's what's going to make it easier to keep feeling like you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. You can keep showing up all of that instead of it feeling like last minute, like, oh, I shouldn't take this time or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, or even like I have to be the one to figure out how to like push that out or, you know. Yeah, for sure. And like, I I think for me, like I'm pretty good at like giving myself flexibility there too. Like I think last year I had one client that I was working with in December and like, you know, she didn't want to meet over the holidays either. Yeah, and I think yeah, like yeah. we met like once in the beginning of the month, once at the end of months. And so like even the cadence of our meetings wasn't what it normally is, but like I'm totally fine with that too. And so, and maybe that's something that would be helpful to speak to in my content too, of like, we do this a certain way, but like there is also flexibility there. Cause like even that conversation that I was having with that um, potential client was just like, yeah, like this is kind of the cadence, but like I've had clients who have taken like a month off or we've like taken a break because they weren't doing anything and then they wanted to resume. And like, it's always an individual thing, but like, like we can be flexible. So. I would maybe make that a surprise and delight behind the scenes. Okay. <laughs> so that there's not like chaos <laughs> in front of the I things. think sometimes, yeah. I think sometimes when you invite that, it's almost like then it's almost like an invitation to push every boundary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want people who are like, in it and committed and like willing to ask yeah. for what they need. And then I can say yes. Right. But yeah. Okay. Exactly. That feels good. That feels good there. Um, yes. Where it's like, you're happy to be flexible when the situation presents itself and whatever, but you're not necessarily like ask for anything you want and I'll try to meet it because like, yeah. you know, at some point you might be full where like, we can't just have someone take a month mm-hmm. off and you just randomly hold that space. And like, you know, there are like nuances there. So I think yeah. it's just worth being like, Case by case, That's you know, good. kind of like we were talking about with the scheduling, like mm-hmm. here's the times that you have available, but if somebody asks, that would be different, but you don't need to open your whole calendar either. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. That's a good kind of like way to approach it and, you know, something I've always done well. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So I think like biggest thing here too, and like, I don't know if it feels like there's any resistance to that, but like even just sitting down with yourself and deciding like, what am I taking off for Thanksgiving? What am I taking off for the holidays? Like, I think some of that is almost like treating your business like it's a full business mm-hmm. because it's so easy right now to not where you're like, oh, we'll have to see and we'll just figure it out. And and it's almost like, well, like it's November 3rd. It's quite possible you are actually full by mm-hmm. the time Christmas rolls around. So like, how can you almost like, treat it like that. You see what I mean? So I think we're definitely seeing a bit of a theme here, both from last week in terms of how we wanted Michelle to like build out that calendar and the plan for the pregnancy stuff. And then also this week in terms of talking about like that finite capacity for uncertainty. And this is just another place of that. So 
treating the business like it's full and understanding with certainty what that will look like can be so important because it really, really creates more safety and groundedness there. So for right now, Michelle's kind of like, well, I don't know, like, you know, maybe I'll take this time, maybe I'll do this, I'm not really sure. And so what I'm really, you know, encouraging her is assume you're gonna be full, like look at how many clients are saying yes this week and then treat it like that, like let's plan for that and spaces and time off in your calendar, all of those things, then obviously it doesn't mean we can't adjust, but we're creating certainty in what can feel like an uncertain time, right? And when you can do that for yourself, it is wild how much easier it is to let success in. This is something I experienced a lot at the beginning of my business because um, I am a bit of a control freak, as y'all know, <laughs> and my fear of was way more of success than failure, honestly. Like I, the not understanding what success would look like and how I would, you know, be in control and what would I would do with it and would it still be okay and would I still have this time or would it like impact all of these things? Like that really kept me pushing it away more than even being worried that I wouldn't be successful. And so as soon as I started creating some of that clarity for myself, like, no, I am in charge of what success looks like. And actually this is what my calendar is going to look like. And this is what I'm going to do with the money. And this is where my boundary lies. It was so much easier to feel safe letting it in. Right. And so if you can see that in yourself and see, you know, maybe it's very much like Michelle, where you need to like treat it like it's full, start planning for spaces and time off and communicating that with your VA and all of that amazing do that but if you have something totally different that you're freaking out about or that's making you feel uncertain and kind of unsteady same principle applies like what decisions can you start making about that now that lets you feel safer letting it in because i promise that is such an important hack in business and helps so much in being more open to success coming your way yeah, and I also want to be able to like communicate that to clients of like, hey, like we won't be doing any calls during this time period, yep. mm -hmm. um, but you'll still have Voxer support. And then obviously like for those clients, they they would get like the extra weeks, right? It'd be like, you get 14 weeks. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep, and exactly. that would be like a delight thing on, on the back end too. So yes, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the like only other um, big question um, oh, I just heard back from one of the girls. She wants to do the month to month package option. There you go. So See, true. it's so, isn't it always funny that when you release it, it comes? Mm. Oh my gosh, it's so true. I'm like getting hot. Right? Mm. Um, yay. Congrats. Yay. Yay, yay, yay. I'm excited to work with her. We bonded over the fact that we were both RAs in college. Oh, that's awesome. Mm. <laughs> um, the only other thing that I have like a question about is, um, kind of like what my game plan is in terms of like what I'm promoting because I tend like I tend to kind of like pre-schedule my content I don't do it too far out because I like things could change like I could fill up and then I don't yeah. want to be like promoting like spots or free calls or whatever like in the yeah, same yeah. way um and so do we just like keep going with free calls promotion I think I have that through the first two weeks in November and then like do I switch to do kind of like a turn on event or do I like, like how do, how do we do this with like Thanksgiving coming up and stuff? I mean, I would honestly just say plan to just do calls for the rest of the month okay. and not feel like you have to do anything else because of uh, Thanksgiving, whatever. And like, okay. then we can reevaluate. And especially because not that we're pulling back, but, but also like you do have a lot of interest right now. And mm -hmm. so like almost like ride that wave. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. 
I also think there's a lot you could be doing um, marketing wise in terms of like speaking to like how this time of year can be really tough or like maybe even like framing the calls up to be around navigating this time of year for Stop the Spiral. And so like, I think you can still make it really like contextual and applicable without okay. having to be like, I'm running a conversion event the week after Thanksgiving kind of thing. That feels Mm. nice. That feels nice. And I can just spend a lot more time like in stories talking about that or being like, if you have a holiday gathering that you're really anxious about because you're going to have to talk to everyone about what's happening with your family and you don't want to, come talk to me. (laughs) It's literally why I'm here. Um, Exactly. Also, what are your thoughts on like – like? I, like, I know that I don't have to offer anything for Black Friday, but I was kind of, like, wondering and playing with the idea of, like, what if I did, like, a like a special, like, one-month support option for folks that have, like, transfers or starting IVF mm. in December or want that support through the holidays. And it would, like, be, like, a call at the beginning of the month, Voxer support, and then maybe a call in early January kind of thing. So, like, a little different than, like, my normal package, but, like, accommodating folks who are, like, finishing out the year. Um and I could either offer it at the, like, rate that I offered this, like, other girl that, like, month to month and just be like, you know, normally I have three-month packages, but here's an option to work with me for, thir- like, 30-ish days. What are your thoughts I think that's on that? great. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really good because I feel like what you were – I think you said this in your questionnaire, but it's almost like, you know th- – the clinics aren't really starting again until yeah January. So like this idea of like getting them set up for it and prepared for it, like I feel like it just really fits like what they're probably needing at that time. Yeah. And I have some folks that like it makes sense to take deposits basically for January if they want to start. Um, and so yeah. like there's that crew of folks. But then there's also some folks who have – who are starting cycles in December or have transfers happening in December. Like I saw in some of the groups that I'm in, like people have like – December 15th transfers, which like honestly can be oh, wow. really okay. hard to find that out whether you're really pregnant hard. or not, like right around I'm Christmas. Like Christmas. that is – that's some hard stuff. And so just like giving them a human that they can reach out to and be like, yeah. hey, it worked or like it didn't work. I don't know what to do with this. And then sort of having like a regroup call at the start of the year with them. Uh-uh. I love that. Okay. I think that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think what's important is it's just still in line with the point, which is like get someone on a call, sell one-on-one. It's like – an, a slightly altered version, but it's meeting them where they're at and it's still accomplishing like all the other goals. Mm. Okay. So what might be helpful for me here is like outlining that in like a like a doc just to be like, this is what this is going to look like. This is what the offer mm-hmm. is. Um, and then we can figure out logistics of like, here's when you, I should start promoting this too, because like it's a pretty quick turnaround from like your support starts December 1 kind of thing or like, you know, we're starting the first week of December or whatever because there'd be like a timeline to that. Um, yeah. Your first call would be like this week or this week and then your second, your last call would be first week of January, second week of January. So. Well, I think that's kind of the point is having some urgency and quick turnaround yeah. there. So like, you know, that's I think what's good here. So yeah. like, you know, not making that a problem but almost like having that urgency point there. Yeah. And I just want to make sure I'm giving myself enough time to market it so that people know about it so that they can jump in if that like speaks yep. to them. So um, perfect. Cool. Cool. That sounds I'll give good. you that as a to-do. Okay. Perfect. Amazing. All Yay. right. Well, good. Keep me posted on tomorrow. I'll be thinking about you and sending you all the good thank vibes you, and you. just enjoy your day and your Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. <laughs> bye, Lisa. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. 
Each month, I'll be picking reviewers to give a free session of their own to as a thank you. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living let up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. If you want to hear more stories of women who have gotten killer results in their business, plus the mindset strategy and execution that got them there, download my free case study series, The Client Files. You'll read about several women's unique journeys to success and exactly how they did it. Plus, you'll be inspired to find the path that fits you. Just go to alituplife.com forward slash clients to sign up.